The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. I feel like if I follow this to its nth degree, I could possibly live my best life now. I can't. I hope I'm still on this podcast at episode 400. I'll be a Calvinist. Why are we doing it on episode 400? Because I don't want to do it. Do you, do you think that that idea is right? The dinosaurs aren't real? No. The, the quote. <laughs> All right. I'd like to welcome everyone to the sixth ever episode of the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm your producer, Caleb. And to my left is... Uh, Joel, the assistant bi-weekly producer. We bi-weekly, bi-weekly switch over. From last week. To the uh, left of Joel is who? Uh, I'm Colton, and since all of us have to have a role, I'm the heretic of the podcast. Nice. Um, I like, I'm Josh. Um, I'm to Colton's left, because um, he didn't do the introduction. Um, I like talking about these issues. I'm not a heretic, I think. Everyone is a little bit there, bud well spoken um it's true that everybody believes something that's wrong about god or yep yeah. and that's me too especially one of us here you're referencing you. yourself now yeah well because <laughs> you did oh, yourself. Shoot, I did, didn't I? put who you think it is in the comments <laughs> <laughs> i believe um, in reincarnation yeah so that was super awkward uh yeah i'm josh i like talking about these ideas um this is my house and uh i have a bible in front of me that's cool to my left is the bi-weekly producer and we've gone in a full circle the um, table's a square yeah you're right normally we do this thing where it's what have you read yes um and i guess this time it was me um so what have you read i read a book about a week and a bit ago give or take it's a really really small book it's only 116 words not words 116 pages there's more words in it i that would be less than a that could be Twitter. a that could be a a, a tweet a pitter a pitter a uh, Paul sentence. Um, Some people have written books based off tweets. Yep, I've That's read true. literally read one. What's that guy's name? It's the guy who wrote the Shack, but I don't yeah, remember, I can't his, remember name. his name. Paul something. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, the book was called um, "What Is Biblical Theology: A Guide to the Bible Story, Symbolism, and Patterns" uh, by James M. Hamilton Jr. What does he say biblical theology is? Or is he just asking a question? Well, he's asking and answering the question. Oh, he's, okay. he's a biblical theologian. His big work, which I have yet to read, which I'm actually going to read at the same time over the summer with uh, one of my profs, which I'm super excited to do, which Josh might take I'll part in. Yeah. Yes. Um, Probably not is, at the same time. Um, the Glory of God in uh, Salvation Through Judgment, um, which I have yet to read. But... Um, it's super, super, super introductory. He does go into what is the difference between biblical theology? What is it between well, biblical and systematic? But Caleb, isn't isn't biblical theology just study of the Bible? What's that the is difference? Actually, between, what is the difference? Colton, between, you haven't read this book, but you know the answer to this question. I have not. Yes. <laughs> what is the answer to the question? Uh, the answer is that, unfortunately, there are different types of. Theology makes it sometimes confusing when one of them is called biblical theology and the rest are systematic or pastoral theology, stuff like that. What's the difference, Caleb, then uh, between biblical theology and systematic theology? 
main difference. Systematic tries to build like a almost like a worldview out of things. How does everything fit together? It's less. I don't want to say it's less exegetical, um, because it it does rely on exegeting the biblical text. Mm. Um, but it would. But that would list further down on how important that is. Whereas biblical theology ties a lot more. If I'm again opinion piece of an undergrad here, mm-hmm. and biblical theologians disagree about this topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it ties more into archetypes, themes, narratives. How does mm-hmm. how does um, the development of an idea mm-hmm. over from beginning to end in a linear story? How does mm-hmm. God reveal Himself incrementally, mm-hmm. um, and how God interacts with human history um, for His plan to bring about His trajectory, to bring about His end? Um, so yeah, it's it's. Whereas systematic likes to build a, a like almost a mosaic um, about certain topics usually, or s- certain. Uh, do you think that systematic theology more is topical than biblical theology? In the way that there's like there's ten depending on which, um, depending on who you're asking, but there's ten classical theologies, and mm-hmm. then there's sometimes they can have twelve or fourteen. I think in some systematics, you know, stuff like. Um, theology proper, study of God, uh, soteriology, right. uh, study of salvation, which we're going to get actually a little a subsection into this this week. Um, you know, eschatology, study of last days, Christology, right. demonology, angelology, stuff like that. Um, so, like, you could say they're specific in that way, but biblical theology is even more specific. Right. They will grab one theme and using the biblical theology methodology, which is just a mouthful, <laughs> Um, follow that theme. What does that reveal about God, about the truths of God's world and how God interacts with it? Um, and so it's where systematic shows how each idea can interplay with the others. Um, biblical is far more, is, is about how that's one idea grows, develops and reveals an aspect of God's character in of itself. Right. Before you go any, any further with that, um, you said that it, it has a, they both interact with exegesis, which is not something I was super, or not a term I was super familiar with before coming yeah. to Bible college. So let's just cover, I know we'll, we'll probably cover this uh, definition in like a future hermeneutics podcast or something that we do. Yeah. But why do you think biblical theology is more exegetical than systematic theology? If exegesis is, you know, the taking of context and, yeah. and religious background and they're, uh, they're in both, all these different for attributes. sure. They're right. in both for sure. Um, there's a, with well, there's a there's an issue with systematics that not all systematic theologians come to, but there is just proof texting where like, hey, they want an idea, they also grab a text that seems to say that and throw it up there, which and and sometimes and most of the time it even works. Like that's that's a fair text to use for that point, but oftentimes what that text has has more weight in its original you know, in the whole book that it's talking about, mm-hmm. especially with the ideas that that text is talking about in that book. Mm-hmm. And biblical theology would try to talk more about, hey, that idea that that text talks about in that book, yeah. and then how that built off of it in previous books and how that moves on next. Right. And so it's it's not wrong to say that we'll both can, you know, have eisegesis, which is where you, you, you read meaning into the text rather than allowing the context 
of the verse and the, the historical context and all that, you know, inform your reading outwards. Both can both have exegesis, systematic yeah. and biblical. Um, I, from my again my perspective yeah. and from ha- James M. Hamilton Jr.'s book, um, exegesis is just higher on the priority yeah. and more on the mind of the biblical theologian than the mm-hmm. systematic um, S- systematician. One thing that I don't know if you think this is accurate, but one of the things I saw in a book that I thought was pretty cool, like that helps describe the difference mm-hmm. is, is they're not, they're not two different types of ways to on like study and produce a theology. It's there. You do one and then you do the other. So sure. For example, okay. you do a biblical theology of, um, judgment mm-hmm. like this guy's does at some point sorry um salvation through judgment mm-hmm. um and that in the bible you do the exegesis you find the context the, the progression of that idea throughout the entirety of scripture mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 you do the process and then what you do what a systematic theology would be is you take that apply it to the modern context and you say okay now what about today you do how does that how does this idea play in life you take that you take current philosophy the current context the current culture the current peoples and places and then you create the theology of for a church how do you do this thing and you would call that systematic yeah because then it's placed in a system sure across time um Um, because you're you're then extracting that truth out instead of in its context into all context. that sounds awesome yeah that's not how systematic theology developed as a as a methodology cool. um and of course now i've only like i've only read yeah. three and mm-hmm. listened to one more yeah um but i didn't see that in those uh, Fair. books not that those they were wrong yeah um they were great way more way knew way more than i do yeah but it, it did seem like there was a methodological difference in the mm-hmm. biblical theologies that i've read versus the systematics and they don't systematics don't appear to be built off of biblical not as of yet yeah. but biblical theology as a, as a study mm-hmm. is in the grand scheme of church history super new yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i think it's 1700s isn't it <clears throat> late 1700s if my memory is correct and, and it's also one of those things of depending on your definition of biblical theology how right, it's worked right. well then it depends well, yeah. doesn't yeah. everybody define it differently that's the part of the problem <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but I would I'd, I'd recommend it if you're interested if that sounds like mm. something you're interested in studying like I read it in a day it's super easy um, again that's what is biblical theology by James M. Hamilton Jr. Um, it's yeah 116 pages super easy one of the things that he does is because it is kind of heady, right? Because it's it's a methodology. Mm-hmm. Um, he does just give examples of, hey, here's you know biblical theology applied to this idea throughout the Bible. Here's mm-hmm. another example, and so mm-hmm. it's but again, very small, very light reading. Yeah, very interesting. Well, when you find like works that call themselves a biblical theology, oftentimes they'll take a theme and apply it to one book, which biblical theology we recognizing the bounds of the individual book of the Bible, and then going from that to how it relates to the other 65 books yeah. isn't that isn't that the idea um not that's in a, not entirely um, well no it's not entirely yeah like yeah. like you can do that like yeah. new studies in biblical theology by the mm. uh ivp by ivp press that's yeah. it yeah. yeah 
um, yeah, by the publisher IBP. Um, they have both uh, localized book theologies mm -hmm. um, and Testament theologies and whole Bible theologies mm -hmm. in that series. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, but I, I think they have a representation of many different approaches that all call themselves biblical theology. Um, it's funny, our prof would probably be on here and just be like, no, you're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's very abstract. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's, and like, that was one of the reasons why I like the book, because he gives, <laughs> goes through some examples. Yeah. Um, and it's 116 pages, and I would highly recommend any first-year biblical the uh, theology student to read it. In fact, yeah. I should probably do or that. Or anybody who's interested <laughs> in a specific field of biblical theology. Yeah. <clears throat> or if you're familiar with systematics and you want to know, hey, there's you a wanna different approach. You want to learn the better approach. <laughs> we say that as we're all part of that program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little biased. Just a little bit. It took me a while to figure out exactly what biblical theology was. Yeah. Well, yeah, honestly, me, me you know, not super clear. You really don't figure it out until you're writing your biblical theology in your fourth year. My prof, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our prof has never explained to me properly what biblical theology is. I've I, kind wanna... of had to learn it through external sources. Dude, I have a book. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that... that book called? Uh, what is Biblical Theology by James M. Hamilton Jr.? That sounds like a pretty good book. What's it about? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, jeepers. We just did this. But, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> are we restarting the podcast? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, but, yeah. Our, um, one of those themes is, you see it both in systematics and in biblical theology, is the study of salvation. Uh, in systematics, it's often called soteriology. Um, fancy term. Fancy. Mm. Um, someone who's like on the border of biblical theology, because he, does, he doesn't write systematic, but he does write odd stuff. Is, He's a smart guy. Yeah. He's yeah, often right. Actually. He's often right. <laughs> Stuart. Um wrote a uh, review of his biography on Paul. That's cool. up on the blog. But N.T. Wright, in his book, Justification, God's Plan and Paul's Vision... Has a title called Justification on Chapter 4. Yeah. Chapter 4 is called Chap Justification, and the book called Justification. Yeah, and then the rest is him showing the theme throughout Paul's epistles. Yeah, okay. so it's, it's perfectly justified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he actually... Just. I wanted to... Yeah. So our topic today is justification. Um, okay. You know, what is it? Why do we need it? How is it accomplished? What is, you know, how do we obtain it? And we're going to we do a whole Bible theology on justification uh -oh. right now. My notes don't say that. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't do enough pre -reading. Oh, I thought that's why we brought up that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm actually going to read a little thing um, from the book before we start this. Now, it's actually him quoting... N.T. Theo... N.T. N.T. Wright. Yeah. It's actually him quoting Alistair McGrath. So this is not N.T. Wright's words. It's just, mm. I don't own every book. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. How dare you? Not and yet. I don't own any Alistair McGrath, I don't think. Really? I, I, I audiobook to Systematic Theology. I've only listened to his debates, and I really like them. He's I good. like the way he presents. Cool. Um, Would you oh. recommend... I would recommend, yeah. There's another podcast called Unbelievable. It was kind of a gateway yes. for a uh, Christian podcast for me. So yeah. check out Unbelievable if you like this podcast. Wait, don't, don't leave don't. us, though. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to a much Anyway, sorry. Cut you off of there, course. buddy. Um, so yeah, Alistair McGrath. Uh, the concept of justification and the doctrine of justification must be carefully distinguished. The concept of justification is one of many employed within the Old and New Testaments, particularly in the Pauline corpus, to describe God's saving action towards his people. 
it cannot lay claim to exhaust or adequately characterize in of itself the riches of the biblical understanding of salvation through Christ. So salvation through Christ, mm-hmm. not all of what Christ does and not every, th- every aspect of Christ's salvation can be fully encapsulated in just justification. Mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. does more than that in his saving power. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I just thought that like was a good... Like the other two fancy words? Like justification? Sanctification and glorification? Yeah. Which we're not talking about. No. <laughs> Those are big that, topics that even out of foreshadowing. themselves. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Future topics. Future. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the next two. Maybe. Maybe. Or we could take a break. Justification, glorification, sanctification, vacation. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. I both hate it and love it. Um, we're actually probably going to get into theories of atonement after this and then go into that. But you're right. Colton. Yes. Why do you disagree? <laughs> I, I'm just a contrarian. Okay. Well, you're the heretic. No, I disagree. Oh, okay. Hmm. This um, is... Sorry. Yes. What is your question? What is just like, why do we, why do we talk about justification? Why do we need whatever this is? What is the current state? Well, I've had a lot of people actually talk to me about that. The whole, isn't the world all right? Isn't whatever justification. Uh, there's this little book called Genesis and, uh, at the very beginning of it, uh, Genesis three specifically, I think it is, is the fall of man with Adam and Eve taking, uh, sinning against God mm-hmm. in that man grew uh, gained a corrupted body and spirit and are irredeemable in and of themselves paul like you said talks a lot or empty theo probably goes over quite a lot and empty right oh my gosh i, I it do again. it all the time uh, it's it's me new testament theology empty <laughs> <laughs> right um in that book i haven't actually read that specific book probably talks about how paul ties um christ's saving power on on the cross and resurrection to the idea of taking on the sin the sinful nature within us so that we can approach god because we could never ever do it ourselves okay um i like it joel you actually wrote a paper on justification not that long ago well it was on justification specifically from romans um, which is interesting you, mm. you bring up. I mean, of course, it has lots to do with Christ as the new Adam, considering right. Adam would be... Romans 5. Yeah, Romans 5. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, a pretty pretty common uh, talking point in, in, in theological circles. Um, something that I kind of got out of writing that paper was the, you know, justification, the centrality of, of God's justice in that, right? That there had to be... Um, and I'm sure you'll get into this with atonement theories and stuff like that, but Paul's putting forth the fact we couldn't have done anything for ourselves. We had no agency. We had nothing that... Dead in our sin. Dead in our sins. Yeah, that kind of thing. You know, I do, as I as I do not want to do, and there's that right. I do passage, and he just keeps on going through it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's kind of what I, what I thought about it, is like, you know, it was so within God's right to to judge us more harshly than he has. Um, and yeah. then, well, it actually goes I, over. He passed over former sins, mm-hmm. and I, separately from like we talked about glorification and sanctification, and that'll be a whole thing. But those don't have as much of a judicial implication as justification does. 
the fact that there was a, yeah. a burden put on us. It's not so much about us being transformed, but us being forgiven, right? Yeah. Something of the past changing, right? The tr- uh, and, and, well, Paul we do draws this with the, the law and now the, the new law that is fulfilled. Well, it's... Uh, mm. Mm. Well, I think there's... Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I know what you there's mean. wording that's interesting there, where it's, you said that the, the sin has been forgiven and the past has been, like, removed. Um, the, the story of David and Bathsheba... It says God says your your sin has been put aside, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But you you're still gonna die. Like the punishment is still gonna come, and so it's like you you and me are fine, but there's still consequences for the actions, and so like this is this is true. Paul actually gets into yeah. this with the idea of though the spirit is alive because of yeah, or though the, the yeah the spirit is alive because of righteousness brought on by the spirit. I yeah, it's in. Um, the flesh is still to death because yeah. we're still in the yeah. bodily. F- He's just transformed the the physical punishment as like a death sentence into a the gateway to heaven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot Man, of it. When you were talking about judicial, the judicial aspect of it, when when humans sin, how can a perfect being look at it and say and just look over it? seems impossible and a lot of apologetics uh goes around the idea of how can god be a perfect god and still like it tolerates sin and stuff mm-hmm. um which gets into the whole grace idea that god in jesus's death god showed grace upon humanity and now we can walk free of the sins that we carried before well part of Part of justification, and Paul links this in in, in Romans. Um, he uses the Roman adoption system mm. as an as kind of an analogy. Um, mm. Under Roman law, and actually this is how uh, Octavian, also known as Augustus, um, who was adopted by Julius Caesar, um, but under the Roman adoption system, the old person, the family that you were part of, with mm. all the debts and all the rights and responsibilities but also all the debts and everything that came mm-hmm. on you from that family, that person, when you're legally adopted, ceased, ceased to exist in Roman law. Hmm. No, that's going to be clicking. Um, ceased to exist in Roman law. And now you join the, the family you've joined, you gain the full rights, privileges, responsibilities, mm. um, and, um, and the tools of that new family. Mm-hmm. You are part of that family in Roman law. And so he uses that analogy to say, "Hey, when you're when you're justified." And Paul, at least this this was this is where I went with uh, for the same course um, on Romans that uh, that Joel wrote. Um, I wrote a paper. I wrote it on righteousness. And at least this is they're 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 actually very close. Um, my understanding of justification. Now we're getting a little more um, specific, um, and we might go. We might. This might be our transition point. Excuse me. Um, is that it's because of our sinful state. Um, you know, we can't approach God. Actually, uh, Romans 8 goes into the whole idea because of our fallen state. Mm. We cannot please God. There's, like, we can't achieve it. And it, Paul lays out both in Romans 2 and then leading up 4 and 5, um, well, more 4, uh, 2, 3, 4, um, that both under in the law that's written on the Gentile's heart and in the law that God had given to the to the um, Jews that 
righteousness could not be obtained through it because of the fallen, mm. weak uh, nature of humanity. Um, but then Christ comes up, his righteousness, apart from the law, dies substitutionary death, which we can get into when, the, when we get into next week with the penal, with, uh, penal substitution and the different right. theories of atonement. Um, and then it is by our faith in him that thou, in this, as Joel was mentioning, this judicial court type idea that Paul puts forward, um, well, we were once rebels, hmm. sinners, hmm. we are through Christ, and we'll, this will be the more of our transition point, through Christ we are now moved to righteous. You're no longer the same person we were before. Right. We're in a different category of personage. Yeah. He adopted his enemy. Yes. Yeah. Um, the transformative nature is actually part of sanctification. Mm. So I don't want to get bogged yeah. down into yeah. that. Yeah. That will be two episodes from now. That's uh, the difference between uh, positional grace and possessional grace. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah, so I don't want to get bogged down into the yeah. actual transformative nature, or the transform, transforming of nature that comes in that whole transaction, because that's part of sanctification, which will be two episodes from now. But that transfer from... You are unrighteous, unable to please God, unable to mm. obtain good standing. Mm. And because you're a rebel, as Cole was, Cole was saying, um, God's wrath will come because of course it would. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Just to clarify the positional, possessional grace idea, the, the idea is while when you are justified, you're placed under the righteousness of the Son of God. Um, and then... The process of sanctification is while you are being, uh, while you are unshielded by the righteousness of the Son, covered in the blood of Christ. Yeah, you are being transformed into an actual good person. Yeah, um, so that you can enter heaven. <clears throat> Sorry, you can approach God. You can heaven. you can have right relationship with God. Yeah, so in the new heaven and new yeah. earth. Yeah, and the way that is functioning is not you are not being given. You're not being transformed to have your own righteousness, but you're being transformed to actually possess his in his image. Yeah. There's actually where we start to get into yeah. the modern debate mm -hmm. um, of new perspectives on Paul. Mm -hmm. Where does N.T. Wright change? Because N.T. Wright would disagree with your previous statement. Mm, cool. um, actually, interestingly enough, so would Dr. James White. Um, debate that they were doing actually on yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. Like that podcast. Nice. Um, I mean, and, yeah. and, they're not, and they're not like, and, and it, it depends. It's, uh, is it synergistic? Um, even though N.T. Wright doesn't like that word. Um, is it synergistic? Is it the spirit that empowers us to do good works in right. that, you know, post-save? Mm -hmm. But again, we're, we're getting bogged down in sanctification now. This um, is a big topic. We'll talk yeah. about it a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into there, but Absolutely. if you want to tease for two yeah. weeks from now, that's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, we're, we're going to focus on that transfer from unrighteous, sinful person, that wrath of God is coming. Yeah. How do you become justified? That's actually the second question. How is just justification accomplished? Um, now, from whose side? From whose side? Yeah, it's from, from the position of Christ or from the position of us. You're asking me or you're going to answer it? Oh, I'm just I'm just Because I talk a lot. <laughs> um, so the first question was what again? 
what is justification? Uh, yeah. Why do we need justification? Okay. Um, and what is it? Which I think we've, yeah. we've established. Yeah. So um, the how- situation that we've come to is man was created by a god. We disobey that god. We're now rebels. And we're in a position where we cannot earn salvation. Mm-hmm. We cannot earn our place back in the, the, as the apple of God's eye. <laughs> yeah Whoa. i mean he uses that <laughs> phrase in the bible so yeah. i'm not wrong the, to clarify what i was saying a bit before about <laughs> you got a triumphal like little mm. going on here yeah um, right i get it i'm sorry yeah. so anyway. we're in this situation um but yet yet mm-hmm. the bible talks about us being justified in god's eyes mm-hmm. we can now have a relationship with him and the, the reason, uh, I was clarifying earlier, that mm. the quote-unquote God side or Jesus side of that is that justification was made possible to, for us by Christ's death and resurrection. Yeah. And we're gonna, next week we'll get into the specifics of actually how, in what specific capacity does mm-hmm. Christ's death make that yeah. possible. But it is, regardless of, how, of the, the, the logistics of how that happens, the Bible constantly references it's because of Christ's death that you are now justified. You are a new person because of Christ's death and resurrection. The uh, resurrection is an important yeah. addition. Yeah, that's why yeah. I said Actually, both because yeah. it is a debate, and I love that debate. I, it's it's not really a debate. It's not. Though, but <laughs> if you disagree, you're just super wrong on almost everyone. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, as since I have to be a contrarian, I disagree. Okay, fair. I don't know what we're disagreeing on. Anyways, no, I don't um, yeah, so his death, he died. Okay. Why does that change things? Well, because it fulfills the law. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the idea, that we're no longer under the law? The old law of the Jews, or the old world's style. Well, but if, we're going, if we're going with justified. Romans, if we're going with Romans, Paul puts forward the idea that we take after the pre-Mosaic covenant faith that Abraham had. And it was his faith, and now we're actually answering our our third question here, actually. It was his faith that, through his faith, that God attributed him righteousness. Mm -hmm. And that's what caused him to be, let's say, judicially transferred from that sinful person before the throne of God, plucked up, that was under the wrath of God, plucked up and put into into this new righteous category mm, yeah which is out from underneath the rush the, the wrath of yeah. god faith in what in him it was faith in the promise and the character of god yeah specifically the promise but it was god's character to fulfill such a promise yeah um james goes into that and this is going to be the next section maybe yeah. i won't actually go into this right away um for the best like that Paul puts forward, specifically in Romans, but it happens elsewhere as well. Um, Paul puts forward that it's our faith in Christ then and the the ministry and the, let's say, the Messiahship and his death and resurrection. Belief that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God can... Is is the method which we, like Abraham achieve that transfer yeah but when you say faith in jesus that means something specific not just that he was alive yeah like it means that you have faith that he is the son of god you are a unfor uh and you can your sins cannot be forgiven by your own method Mm -hmm. cannot be achieved um 
and that it requires a perfect sacrifice or someone to atone, someone that is perfect to atone. Yeah. And, so, and now we're, we're again, we're, we're brushing yeah, 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 up yeah, yeah, into, yeah. into atoning atonement theory again. But before we go into the different atonement theories or even faith and works and how that is, how do we achieve what justification? Does, what how does do, faith in Christ look like? Yes. Yeah. What, what are the standards that we have to live to, to be justified? Well, I think you went over what the, what the standards of what faith in Christ looks like in your paper mm -hmm. there, Joel. I did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to see if I can say this in a specific sense. So, I mean, it is Romans Road, kind of. Yep. That's, where, that's yeah. where we end up, is we end up basically in, you know, if you read um, Romans 8, I think it's, it's, it's kind of all of the end of Romans, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> but the whole, like, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, there's that, right? Um, so we talked about righteousness as Basically, not as an action of humanity, but as a state of humanity, mm -hmm. right? That we need to be justified by our faith in Christ. So if you, again, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you're accepting the atonement that he's placed upon the individual, the fulfillment of that law, um, and really accepting an Abrahamic faith, as, as you said there, mm -hmm. where it's, it's more of a, I hate saying, like, your relationship with God, again, you don't have that debt that's seen in the Old Testament that needs to be atoned for by the sacrificial system. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, it's, and, it's and in, why he uses the adoption metaphor. I'm, I'm getting lost a little bit because I've, like, I've just spent so much time in Robins this week. Well, I, I think it's hard your, to talk. your point is good that it's, it's not just you have faith in the promise that Jesus can do what he's going to do. Yeah. Like yeah. you have Abraham had faith in the mm -hmm. promise that God was giving him and that he could actually accomplish it. Yes. That that's why they're the same. Like it's a different like thing. Like he's, yeah, yeah. We're we're not saying everybody's an Abraham now. Yeah. In that <laughs> you know yeah. it's it's. But Father Abraham. Yeah, because yeah. you don't necessarily have the Abrahamic covenant. You have the Abrahamic faith. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But Christ blessing to the nations is the fulfillment of the abrahamic covenant yeah okay yeah 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 absolutely okay yeah, yeah. and that's that's why abraham's faith still satisfies jesus's statement that mm -hmm. i'm the only way mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the father for sure because he's he's justified by the same process we are all the way back then before mm -hmm. jesus because he has faith in that promise yeah 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 well and you, you even see in the in the first few chapters of romans that he invokes basically all these different covenants that God has made throughout mm -hmm. the years to show that it's not God that's been unfaithful. Yeah. Or it's not God that's been, you know, obviously unrighteous. It's, it's mankind. Yeah. Well, right. it's, gets into we're that. in a fallen state. It does the unrighteousness of the Israelites mm -hmm. nullify the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. By no means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Certainly not. And by also invoking that, he's showing that the path of salvation is the same in all of those covenants. What yeah. do you mean by that? Uh, that it's always the faith in the promise of God blessing the world. Yeah. Through sure. Jesus. Yeah. Um, well, even in the sacrificial system, yeah. they would have to have faith that the sacrifice that they gave would actually yeah. atone for the sins that they've Which is committed. their faith in the covenantal law that was given. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So then declaring Jesus Christ as Lord, 
is the belief that his sacrifice was enough in the same way that the belief in your own sacrifice under the covenant or under the law would be seen by God as the justification for your sins. Mm. But there wasn't... I think, I think that's where we start to differ. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, interesting. Interestingly, um, we talked about the Romans Road, and you're bringing it up even now, uh, the idea of, yeah, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord yeah. and all that. What parts of, do you guys believe that the Romans Road specifically, as it's described, I don't remember the exact specific road it follows down. Um, it probably leads to Rome, no, because all roads lead to oh, Rome. Right, right, right. And it's in Romans, thanks. <laughs> when in here, Rome. Uh, what week. about for somebody who doesn't know what the Romans Road is? Why don't you describe it? I was going to gonna say, yeah. yeah. Oh, you want me to just look it up? But part of, <laughs> yes, please. We're going to Google I don't it. have a computer here. <laughs> but, um... Is there any part of the Romans road that you think, uh, or anything you would add to the Romans road on top of what's already there to add say? Add to the Romans road? Not add to it as in the basics of the basis of faith and justification. Is there anything that should be supplemented to the basic Roman road to say that's what you need to become justified? Or is it the Romans road exactly as it's worded? And would you like to say how it's worded? See, I think you ha uh, okay. So this is this is the Romans Road as according to Joe Blow on the internet, right? Because uh, I don't know the verse numbers, but I'll so and I won't read out the verses, but I'll tell you the claim, then give you yeah. the verse location. Okay. Yeah. Um, step. There's eight steps. One, we are all sinners by nature and by choice. Romans three uh, twenty three. Yep. Uh, we receive eternal life as a free gift. Romans six mm -hmm. two three. Uh, God, this is out of order. <laughs> it's okay okay no uh it's i'm just gonna go with a different one because it's the beginning is the same point same point at the beginning we receive eternal life as a free gift romans 6 23 god demonstrated his love for us while we were still enemies mm -hmm. uh, romans 5 8 um we must trust and surrender to jesus as lord romans 10 9 mm -hmm. to 12 that's one whole thing see romans road is a idea it's mm -hmm. not a biblical thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a shorthand for salvation as presented by Romans. By Romans, yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah. But that, and that's here's, here's I mean. the thing, here's the thing. I think, because your question's leaning into what do works mean? Well, it's not even necessarily what do works. I'm not really talking about what do works mean. Is that that description of Romans Road that you gave, is there anything you would add on top of that? Besides those four things you just mentioned? Uh, well, I don't like how he doesn't go into Romans 12 and onward. Um, how there's sure. the whole like now you therefore live your life right like a like the the sacrifice reflecting these mm. uh, doesn't that deal more with sanctification than justification yeah you're right but um, well, but they, I don't but the but you but said Romans road yes and Romans yes, road right. includes that yep um, fair enough yeah and yeah there's there's the whole thing with you have in James also the uh, James says that his that. Abraham's faith was proven by his willingness to sacrifice Isaac. Mm. Um, I don't know if I can I can pull up a verse like for it or one of you guys can, um, but it's in James. Um, yeah. You see that reflected also in Romans and actually in Ephesians as well, where there's uh, there's this idea: proper faith causes works. <laughs> we have faith that does works. And if you don't... A faith that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, like, like I think Ephesians does the... Uh, there's a whole... Um, 
we have faith justified by grace, not that any should boast. Um, and then we, and then he immediately goes into, and right in the very next verse, um, we have good works prepared beforehand for us. Um, and Paul's Paul's conception of faith, uh, salvation by by grace in Ephesians is immediately followed by there's good works that you have that are set up for you when you enter into that grace. Um, and so it's not, hey, I have I was a sinner transferred over into this righteousness now by faith in Christ. Now I'm good and it doesn't matter. It's not that yeah. at all. Yeah, well, I mean, that's Paul's point when he says, should I, should we keep on sinning? Mm-hmm. Certainly not. Or should we keep on sinning that grace may abound? Yeah, right. Yeah, by should no we, means. Should we use this gift of grace that, as much as we want? No. Right. And that James verse you're looking for is uh, chapter 1, verse 21 onwards a bit. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's Romans seven, actually. Um, no, it's Romans six. Uh, what shall we say? Uh, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Um, mm-hmm. and his whole thing is, and we're again, we're going to get into this two weeks from now. Um, well, we can't uh, completely avoid talking. Yeah. It's going to cross. They're over. very, they're yeah, very heavily intertwined. Um, but the idea yeah. of those who actually have been justified those who have the faith those who are saved well those the type of faith that causes that transfer into righteousness Mm -hmm. is a faith that spurs on um the sanctification process and you get into the whole uh uh, philippians 6 1 he who started a good work in you will bring it through to completion Mm -hmm. and that transferring over into the righteous state is the starting of the good work Mm -hmm. um yeah, and a proper Pentecostal would note that that is initiated and helped and carried on by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But. So then, what do you think about faith in terms of works? I think... We, we talked about, like, how James puts it, but um, it, is there any uh, is there you, any part of works... You say faith by works? No. Uh, sorry. Salvation through recycling. Salvation. <laughs> you guys haven't heard that? No. Oh, that, never mind then. Um, are you asking Salvation. how does works play a part? Well, the, there is a lot of uh, lot of denominations in Christianity that believe in more than just uh, faith itself. Uh, a lot of evangelicals, especially uh, Protestants, will believe it's just faith. You don't have to act technically out of any sacraments. They backdoor the problem. They do backdoor the problem a little bit. Yeah. But... You, things like the Roman Catholics and sometimes even Luther uh, or Lutherans and such and Orthodox believe in the sacraments that are necessary for salvation. What do you, what do you guys think about those? Well, the, 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 whole, the whole issue with Luther and the Reformation is, is the justification that comes with faith enough before God's throne? Or do you additionally by faith in Christ, yeah, now you're justified. But you also need communion. You also need other sacraments and the other rites. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the that was the contention. It was never, hey, does Christ's sacrifice and faith in Him um, is it sufficient? Is is was the problem? Because the Roman Catholics were like, yeah, no, it definitely it justifies you, but that plus. Mm-hmm. Whereas the proper uh, the proper Protestant would be, that's you're declared just and and mm. you have the whole thing in 
in Romans eight, the uh, the whole if God justice who if God justifies us, who can stand against us? Um, mm, which is a further play from an Old Testament um, phrase: "What God has made straight, you how they like cannot be made crooked." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, when the king decrees, it is so. And so I think I think for the denominations that do. Um, you know, they have liturgical, um, yep. um, not liturgical, they have rites and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sacraments. Sacraments. Um, but they elevate them to the point of equ- uh, necessary to yep. salvation. Many of them do. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, like, I know Lutheran priests that have said, like, you know what? I know what my doctrine says, but if a person cannot get baptized in their faith in Christ, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> So, and I know that there's uh, Catholics that also are like, yeah, if given the opportunity and you, and you don't partake, that's a problem. And even as Protestants, if it's like, yeah, you have faith in Christ, you're like, but yeah, I don't really want to make a public declaration of, of, uh, sure. of my faith. That's a signal of a well, big problem. And that's James' point. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, that's the dialogue that happens within Scripture. And I think it's yeah. what you were referencing earlier when you said uh, faith and works. Is, it's, it's either... Salvation by faith or salvation by works is the a lot of people have discourse to, at him. Yeah, a lot of the discourses around that. Although I think that the Bible preaches kind of a you show well faith that works. Faith that works. Yeah. 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 And that's what you're about to go in with James. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. a yeah. it's not a it's not an in uh, the way it's often presented in my church. Mm-hmm. It's not an intellectual assent. You're not just saying, ah, this is a fact I believe in. Mm-hmm. It is a thing that's transforming your life. Yeah. Yep. And so you live life in a different direction, a or as the Bible would say, repentance. Repentance. Yeah. So you make a, an about face, a 180, you start walking towards God. Yeah. And that is the work. It's the effect of the faith that you have. And the way that that's accomplished is in, so yeah, you're in that yeah. transferred state from sin, sinner under, under wrath to righteous state. But in that, there is also the indwellment of the Holy Spirit, which then counteracts and fights against and that's all paul's thing and we're ge- again we're getting into sanctification mm-hmm. but because of the context yeah. here it's i think it's necessary um it's the spirit that fights against and we grow in the spirit walking in step with the yep. spirit growing in the likeness of christ that sinful nature that uh colton actually started off uh, explaining yeah. the podcast yeah and because because we still have the effects of that mm. yeah um yeah it's a it's a constant battle that's that's the path of sanctification. Yeah. It's the, um, again, to you and the Holy spirit fighting all of your sin. That's already been defeated. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, they've been, they've been told you lost, but they don't want to leave yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The, he who started a good week within you will bring it through to completion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, those are actually the written questions that I have, but, what direction do you guys want to take? Uh, do we want to get into different atonement ideas? None of us have. Okay, I, I can. Do Do you guys feel like you're confident enough to do that? I think we should set aside. <laughs> I don't know if I never well. will feel confident enough. But you're well, right. This is a. Well, it's a big topic. We never talked about this yet. I don't think. Um, uh, why Why is the Bible so strong on only Jesus? 
Yeah, why does it have to be Jesus? Why does it have to be him? <clears throat> the death and resurrection? Or like yeah. just he is yeah. the yeah. method? Why is there is no so, other? Why, why couldn't have God done it any other way? Salvation through recycling? Yeah, only my Winnipeg people are going to know what I'm talking about. Salvation through recycling? You're going to have to cover that. <laughs> That'll be in a uh, sacrifice the uh, the holy cow. Uh-oh. Okay, awesome. Oh, is that a is that it is I that a twenty first century theory of atonement? I guess, yeah. Okay. It's a slogan. <laughs> no one believes it, but it's stupid that they say it anyway. Oh, <laughs> pointed. Wow. I'm excited. I might be criticizing a church slogan from two thousand eight that they never use again, but apparently it's seared in my brain. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of church slogans, there was a really funny <laughs> one where it's like, uh, of course, there's hypocrites in the church. Bugs are attracted to the light. Oh, that's painful. That's, that's funny. <laughs> I love corny statements I find yeah. in the church. I, uh, thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, what was it? Ha. It was a Lutheran church. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, what, was the, what was the one we heard? Uh, like, was it N.T. Wright that said it today? We were listening to a podcast on the way here. It was like, uh, heaven, like, don't worry too much about heaven. It's not the end of the world. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, the whole idea is like, yeah, heaven is a goal, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. That's um, funny. Yeah. Biblical wordplay is great. That's an eschatological joke for you. Push up for glasses. our scholars. A little, bit high, a little bit higher. For our audio listeners, I just pushed up my glasses. Um, I'm sorry. Metaphorical. No, this I, is good. I said uh, um, salvation through recycling and derailed your your comment yeah but i don't know you know what we we stepped into the land of comedy and a few more listeners joined in so (laughs) they stopped (laughs) listening exactly 48 minutes ago yeah um so yeah why why is jesus the only way why did god go with that path why is god why does god decide you're looking at me like like i'm the only one who can i'm just prompting you you might be you are our uh, atonement aficionado I feel like, I, uh, like, and and that's that's the thing. When we do this podcast, we do want to do a good job of it. So sometimes when we avoid topics, it's not because we don't like the topics. It's because we want to give you the most accurate information that a bunch of undergrads could give you. Well, <laughs> hey, no, Josh has graduated. Yeah, there hey, you go. here's my. Here we go. Okay. Well, before okay. before you get into yours, I think that a lot of people's idea of this, that the emphasis they place on yeah. how they answer that is dependent on how they see what happened on the cross. That's the I don't want to get into all of the different atonement theories. Next week. Next week. Yeah. Um, but something like Christus Victor is something that you emphasize more uh, than, say, uh, penal substitution. Well, the thing is, is penal substitution within Christus Victor. Yes. It has a role within a larger framework, which so, my cousin would vehemently disagree, <laughs> but that's something we disagree on all the time. That's awesome. Um so kind of the slogan that we tell first years when they come to, to come to Bible college is a sin against an infinite being requires an, requires an infinite sacrifice. Which I'm never satisfied with that. I don't really? know why. Yeah. Because we brought that's it because before. you're, too, you're a Christus Victor. I, I like that. So um, so that's substitutionary. I, is that, no, is that what that's represented? Uh, what I like about that is that's describing the, the, the necessity mm-hmm. for punishment. So because the way you can bring that up is... Uh, when if I were to squish a cockroach, you would go, mm-hmm. fair. I still killed something. If I were to kill, if I was to squish a cat, kill a cat, mm-hmm. people would be like, hey, what the heck, man? <laughs> you might be a psychopath. You know how you get a cat to sound like a dog? Can I finish? 
No. <laughs> not a good joke, Caleb. <laughs> Cover it in, in uh, lighter fluid and light it on fire. Woof. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, oh. so you're the psychopath that I was talking about. Um, the next one would be, what if you killed a, a, a baby? You'd be going, oh, that dude's a murderer. He'd be thrown in prison. Yeah. What if you killed the son of God? And so, like, as the being becomes greater, the the sin of do harming, of opposing that thing, mm-hmm. doing a sin against that thing, becomes worse. Mm-hmm. And so, the when you reach to an infinite being like mm-hmm. the Son of God, you the punishment is infinite. The, the 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 sin is infinite. Yeah. Well, I I think I think part of part of what's going on. I think this is my. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for this question, but it's fine. I should be normally. Um, In season and out of season, brother. Thanks. Um, <laughs> as Colton went on, we are all, and, and yourself actually, is, mm-hmm. is we're all, humanity rebelled. Yeah. Collectively. Mm. We rebelled. Yeah. Um, and that all of us, the, the, the wrath of God is upon humanity and judgment ought to follow. Yeah, and but why do we care what God thinks? And well, well, here's the problem. Here's here's the issue. If the creator and planner of the universe, yeah. has the power and authority because you know he's the creator. Yeah, um, that's why I should care. Oh, because okay. not only not only not only does he have the power to do something, it's his job. Yeah, and well, his job extends from who his very personage is. Yeah. Well, yeah. is it's kind of like the the when your mom says, "I brought you into this world." I'll I take, take you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clean your room. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, okay, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> when there's the appeal a little bit, you're right. He's the creator of everything. You owe him the everything yeah. you have. Yeah. Because you know he gave it to you, but uh, yeah. he also. You can take gave you to you, but through yep. Christ's sacrifice, all are justified. Oh He's no! Right? Don't know where that's fitting in, but you're right. I'm just gonna. I'm trying to. Try, I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah. So, but but I, I think because so sin, right? Yeah. Judgment. Boom. Yeah. Yep. How is God going to create a way in which potentially all of humanity, yeah, can get out yeah. without with Him still satisfying justice? Yeah. Is He but, gonna? But can't He just like just say? Well, it's fine. Well, I don't I was, think that's just, is it? Because, you know, all of the world's atrocities, all of, not just all of the world's atrocities, but our, the individual, too, has the potential and the rebellious nature to commit horrible atrocities. Although, you know, I just didn't have the power or the opportunity to commit those horrible things. Yeah. But the same nature is within me. Sure. The same posture of rebellion. Yeah. Which... Well, and you did deserves. the bad things within your limits. Yeah, which deserves punishment. Mm. Yeah. Um, and actually, it would be wrong of God just to let it go, because yeah. if if because that's he, not just. Well, yeah, but he also, but it's also, it's it's fun. Okay, uh, I was talking to one of the other um, Bible school students, and mm. there was like, you know, the more I dig into the justice of God, every now and then I find that I'm, I, I'm, I'm scratching the love of God on the other side. And it's like, I don't, I don't like that because uh, it's rough. Um, but there's the idea of if humanity is in um, a sinful state, not only just hurting each other, as we see in the world all mm-hmm. the time, but we also hurt ourselves. Yeah. And because 
we hurt ourselves. Mm-hmm. It would not be not just not only would it not just be unjust for God not to punish. It also wouldn't fit his loving character because we're in a continual state of not only hurting each other but ourselves, and it's getting worse. Right, and it's like it's yeah, and, and it would be it would be it would be immor- it would be unloving for God to just hey you know what let's put that aside. It's okay. Um, everything's fine. You can stay the way you are. And part of the reason why Christ, why God did it through Christ, is because of, for 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 one, He actually satisfies the punishment without mm-hmm. destroying humanity. But He also, through through Christ's resurrection, gives us the opportunity now. And again, we're getting into sanctification. Sanctification again. He now gives us the opportunity to get out of that self-destructive that 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 hurting that uh, sinful nature that brings on salvation yeah um and so that's that's one of the reasons why god acted the way that he did right um yeah does that does that satisfy your question there oh yeah okay yeah i I, I mean like i was satisfied because i believe but Ah. yeah (laughs) good yeah um, you were justified because you believe. Bring well, it back again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but then there's the other problem of, uh, does it only save certain people? Well, those who have who have faith, which I think Colton and I have actually talked about yes. earlier. Um, and actually, the book that you referenced right at the beginning. Yeah, Paul Un- Young. That's it. Universalism. Yeah. Um, why isn't Christ's sacrifice extended to everyone? Well. I want to get into Paul Young's book a lot at some point, but I have to actually get it. But so I'm not going to pick on him. Uh, but the whole idea of you—you you just talked about how pushing everyone's fa- uh, pushing justice away, pushing all that, and it's not—it's a, a cheaper love. It's not a real love just to say, "Oh, whatever, it's all gone now." Mm-hmm. Um, it's because we God is 100 percent of all of his characteristics. When we say that Jesus is all God and all man, so God is all just and all loving mm-hmm. and all omniscient and all like all of these different characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in doing so, how can we deny that that entire part of who God is in justice just through uh, just just so we can uh, feel good, I think. Yeah, well, I think part of it also gets into like, well, why doesn't Christ's sacrifice just affect everybody? Why doesn't through Christ, why can't through Christ everyone get into heaven um, or take part in the new heaven and new earth? I think part of it too is even if magic wand wise, everyone is now under the uh, the substitutionary, again, atonement theory, the death mm-hmm. of Christ, even as if they're, they're, the wrath of God has been satisfied, they're not taking part in the newness of life mm-hmm. that comes afterwards, mm-hmm. which is a conscious decision and acceptance of Christ's lordship. Yep. And so, and if you really do have free will, that's one of, I think that's another main reason why universalism through Christ just doesn't work because it relies on your cooperation. Mm-hmm. And at least in some, if at the very least consent. What if it doesn't? It's the Calvinists are right, but everyone's elect. <laughs> well, what if, right? <laughs> Crazy. We did touch on adoption earlier, which is close. Oh man, <laughs> I just got lost. 
Well, what do you mean by everyone is elect? Oh, what if... <laughs> but, but hang on, hang on. There's a bunch of scripture that says there are people that are not elect, but... Yeah. The, and, <laughs> and, 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 and irresistible grace. Yeah, yeah. yeah so what if everybody's one. elect mm-hmm. and the grace is irresistible and everybody's just going to heaven? Yeah, then I'd see that. And yeah. those parts of scripture wouldn't be there. <laughs> no, that say they otherwise. Would be there. Yeah, but they're yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the sheep. And I the like goats. I like the idea that instead of Marvel's What If series, we just have Josh's What If series. And he's like, yeah. okay, hear me out. Though. Hear me out. Calvinism, but everybody. He takes it one book of the Bible and reinterprets a whole, reinterprets a whole Bible well, theology. Here's the thing with it too. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> that wouldn't really be free will. No. no, 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 it wouldn't. No, no, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Calvinism, yeah. but everybody's safe. God's just like, no, I'm wiping the slate clean, but everybody goes up. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Our Calvinist episode is going to be uh, awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> episode 400. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and then we're gonna see where everybody really lines up. Yeah, I can't. I hope I'm still on this podcast at episode 400. I'll be a Calvinist. Why are we doing on episode 400? Because I don't want to do it. <laughs> Actually, it was just the 500th anniversary of Cal- of the Reformation, so we should have wow. done it then. We should have done it the 500th years Happy ago. birthday, yeah. Martin Luther. Yeah. <laughs> we should do it on Reformation Day. Oh, that'd be pretty uh, cool. yes, we should. I... <laughs> yeah. Um, have we... Okay. Any more questions on justification with you guys? We've, like, scratched the surface. This is a big topic. It is. And we... Yeah. Just barely scratch the surface. And we'll talk more about it when we talk about the theories of atonement. And we'll talk more about it when we talk about sanctification and glorification. Less on glorification, more on sanctification. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Glorification is going to get into some fun end time stuff. Yeah. I'm excited for that, actually. Um, But uh, theories of atonement, which is going to be next week, um, is going to get into, like, how forensically, how does Christ death on the cross actually facilitate yeah. that transfer from sinful state to righteous state. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get, we'll get into that. Um, there's five main theories, mm-hmm. um, two of which I Go respect. over them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go over them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, you're going to put me on the stop spot right away. Okay. Penal substitution, Christus Victor, ra- ransom theory. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Now we're just going to have dead air when I'm, trying to think but now i'm trying to fill up the air by my those are the three most popular no no no. there can be dead air for a few seconds don't feel too bad about it feel bad about it a lot Uh, (laughs) uh, did you say sacrificial atonement yeah penal substitution okay i don't like that phrase but that's what it is um that sounded super you're wrong (laughs) um penal substitution chris's victor uh ransom theory there's two more that I don't remember. Well, you just said you don't respect them, so... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do another quick Google search like we did before? Yeah, okay. <laughs> is it is it widely accepted that there are five? Or are there, like, outliers that just kind of show there's up? Technic- there's probably some I think heretics. There's technically yeah. outliers, Why, but... Why'd most... you look at me? Because you said you're a heretic, Colton. I disagree. Okay. Oh, man. There's, <laughs> <Wow>. technically, <laughs> there's technically outliers, but... Um, but most of them boil them down into the five. But number one Google search is seven. So <laughs> I, I might find out two new theories of atonement, everybody. Oh, moral influence theory. Right. Also, is, norm, 
the idea that Jesus was just a good example normally lacks the uh, uh, Jesus divinity. Wait, um, that Jesus was wait, just... I've got... What? Continue. What? <laughs> I think Josh um, believes that one. We have a ransom theory. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, mm. Kind of speaks for itself. Ransom. Yeah. Basically, it's just uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Owned us. It's just Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris is Victor, which doesn't super work in Christ's specific death, in my opinion, but it actually works better as an overall biblical theology. Yeah, continue. Sure, um, really. Satisfaction theory, which is Anselm, which I don't know this one. Interesting. Satisfaction theory? Interesting. Oh, it probably We're learning stuff. God. Yeah, I think I think yeah. a lot of them actually fit into those five. It's a sacrifice that Ooh, could appease. That sounds mm. a little closer and, to the And because he takes place as... Uh, federal head over humanity. Well, actually, that's She's the governmental theory. Oh, okay. So, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, which also fits. And then there's the penal substitution theory, uh, and then there's the scapegoat theory. Okay, those last four, I've normally heard are wrapped up in penal substitution. So there's probably some weird difference there. Yeah, it's probably like when you talk about all the different versions of democracy. It's like they're all democracy, but like. Oh, is this my stereotypical moment where I get to Direct bash the democracy. French? No. <gasps> oh, <okay>. Representation. Representation. <laughs> it's a new democracy. <laughs> yeah, constitutional democracy, uh, mm. republics, yep. um, demarchies. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Which is a democratically elected monarch. I was going to say, elected, awesome. elected <laughs> monarchies are great. Poland. Yeah. Poland, the, yeah. the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth is a good example of it. Okay, that was way too nerdy. Irrelevant, irrelevant <laughs> historical. Um, so that's our content of next week. I actually don't think we're going to get into seven. I think we're just going to go get into the classical five. Speaking um, of old historical people. Hang on. Hang on. We said something. You said too nerdy. We started to go back on the podcast and you go, hold on. Wait. No, it's called a segue. Yeah. Speaking of the things you ride on. people, we've got a segment. See, I have a feeling like that wasn't what you're going to say. I like no. the French idea where we bash the French in the segment. <laughs> We're calling this segment "Let's Be Frank." <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, it's a, it's a, every Canadian's duty to uh, bash the French. Every once in a while. Let's let's get back. A long walk back. off a short pier. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Um, There's a lot of good French jokes. Anyway, goats. Joel, I I have I have this week's segment on your favorite program. Uh-oh. Logos? Notes. Uh-oh. Notepad. <laughs> Notepad. Oh, I mocked Caleb relentlessly for putting all of his uh, links in Notepad. One it time I was once. sitting. I did it. I was sitting once. there studying with him. And he goes, hey, check this out. He goes, I got it in a link. And then he opens a notepad, <laughs> copies the URL, and then puts it into his browser, which is like, it's, very it's, funny. it's somewhere between like an old man and somebody who spent too much time <laughs> off of the internet, but on a computer. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. Hang on, you got to wait for my dial up to load. <laughs> anyway, um. So I did it. I did it once, and now this is where we're. I at. just mock him every time I see it. <laughs> so because of that, I I saved it in Notepad. Uh, this week we're gonna do Augustine versus Olstein. Austin. Austin. We say it wrong every time. I'm gonna purposefully say it Osteen just to make you angry, Josh. No, no, Osteen is correct. You said Austin. I disagree. I know. But what? It's okay. the L. The L's silent. That's Austin. the only thing that matters. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing that matters. Um, wow. In our Augustine and Austin, 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 uh, it's technically a little bit like a game show. Why am I defending him? <laughs> um, I, I put forward a quote, and these three fine gentlemen Ooh. get to select whether or not the quote is from Augustine or Austin. Yep. 
And uh, there's three quotes. And this week, there's actually a bonus quote. And these quotes are provided by Stuart, which, again, we're lacking. Jokes, uh, it's Peter Popoff this time. Oh, well, dear. <laughs> as, as, we're, as we're guessing uh, which one it is, Augustine or Olstein. Perfect, I love no it. No L. <laughs> All the L. Uh, play along. Try to guess something in your head. Write in the comments below. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, play along at home. <laughs> what? This is not a very accessible analog game. Analog TV. <laughs> anyway. I think the answer I'm... is one. <laughs> Call 911. <laughs> No, 991. Oh, 991. The answer's two. Call 992. Oh, that's a good system. What is going on? We're making making up a game. We're also making fun of radio shows because podcasts is just pirate radio. (laughs) Anyways. I like that. Um, I'm not the first person to say that. Our first quote. The purpose of all wars is peace. Oh, I, I know. I'm pretty sure I actually. That's know this Augustine. One. That's Augustine. I'm pretty sure it's actually Augustine. I'm saying it's Augustine. I could totally see us being duped because we all know about the just war clause that he developed. Yeah. But it could in the be city of God. Yeah. yeah. Great book. Yeah. Great Is book. It... Yeah, it's Augustine. I okay. don't know why Stewart selected yeah. such an obvious yeah, one. But that's <clears throat> the issue is that I wrote a whole paper on this, so I knew that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I guessed. <laughs> Here we go. Quote number two. Okay, so we're one, one, one. All of us are all of it, You're yeah. all tied. Yeah. And yeah. You will never change what you tolerate. No, that's actually not a bad quote. It's not actually. Well, I f- yeah. I feel like if I follow this to its nth degree, I could possibly live my best life now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going right. to say Osteen. Okay. Oh. What, what do you think, Josh? Ah, don't cheat. No, um, I'm gonna go with Augustine just because you will never change what you tolerate. Because if it was Austin, I would imagine him saying, "You will never be better than <laughs> what you tolerate. <laughs> You'll never be better than what you tolerate." Yeah, like that doesn't seem like good it. advice. <laughs> no, but I'll be better than. <laughs> no, but that's. That's what I'm imagining he would say. So, I'm going to go with Augustine again. I'm going to okay. go with Olstein. That's not it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the answer is Alstein. Yeah. You said the most wrong. Allstar. <laughs> it's getting so bad. Why did we choose hey. two names that you could pronounce so many different ways? Um, Augustine and quote number three. Wait, oh, no, so, so what's the score? Wait, what's wait, the source? Two, two, We're one. winning, and uh, Josh is definitely losing. Okay, yep. it's two for me and two you for. You didn't Cole. even put my name. Third down? quote. Third I didn't quote. Put oh. name down. The greatest evil is physical pain. <laughs> this would be wild for Josh uh, no. to say. <laughs> the worst evil. The greatest evil is physical pain. Oh my. That, Wow, I can't it's think so of... wrong. I have to go with Austin, but if Augustine said it, it has to be from like the most profound quote ever. So, yeah. so I'm gonna go with Austin because he could could be talking about Christ's sacrifice. I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna that's think. the thing. I'm gonna go with Augustine. Okay, I'm gonna go with Austin. I'm gonna go for Austin, just because that would mean I pull ahead and beat Colton, or I pull ahead and I beat you. It is. 
Augustine. Yeah. Oh, here's the problem. Here's the bonus question provided by Stuart. Uh-oh. The greatest and pain is I'm, being beat wait, by wait, wait, Colton. Wait, wait, wait. We have to acknowledge I just won. Well, here's the thing. Because I'm the game show host, uh, the next question is for all the marbles. Oh, shoot. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a redemption arc here. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, we'll be um, justified. <laughs> no, this is a bonus. Is this the ransom theory I've heard all about? Th- this bonus question. So it no, isn't that was, that was Augustine or Olstein. It's by a... Justification by works. This is air quotes. Biblical scholar. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a big air quotes. This guy could have no qualifications, but be considered a biblical scholar by some. By more than Wait. you would think, but I don't think so. So Wait. here we go. Okay, that tells me everything. Continue. Everything, uh, every single biblical doctrine of theology, directly or indirectly, ultimately has its basis in the book of Genesis. Think about it. There's a hint there. Yeah, I got this one. Oh, I know I, this I one know right off the bat. Oh, Do we have to again. guess who it is? Say that again. Okay. Every single biblical doctrine of theology, directly or indirectly, ultimately has its basis in the book of Genesis. You said you don't respect this person? I know who it is. I know who it is. Give me the point. I'm pretty sure I Give know. me the point. How do we, how do we answer this? Here's, here's, here's the thing. Because is this it a is, professor at our school? No. No. It's, okay. It's that would be because, wild. Because you guys think you both have it, and this is for all the marbles. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I have to go name. first. No, no, no. You guys all have to say it at once. So you guys got to pick a name. Oh, no. I don't remember his name. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Three. Three. Two. Two. One. Rob Ken Ham. <laughs> no. And Joel wins. Ken Ham. My, I aspire to be him. I'm going to be him. I, I'm going to hack his website. This is from the book. This is from the book. Dinosaurs aren't real. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, but anyways, I have a question. I disagree with that. <laughs> I, I thought it was from your uh, your book that you're reading. No. Okay, no. I have a question. I don't remember who said Why that. do you disagree? I'm not saying I agree. Uh, because why do you disagree? He can't believe I lost. demonizes people who disagree with him. He causes divisions within the church. Okay. So do you, do you think that that idea is right? The dinosaurs aren't real? No. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> um, if you look in the book of Job... Uh-oh. See, there's a leviathan and the right. behemoth, and then there's dragons. The behemoth? It's a weird it's pronunciation, a but ever moth. since I heard it, I love it. <laughs> it's the moth in Godzilla. No, but, but yeah, what? but but the. But are the you he- telling me? Are he- you saying that he- I'm wrong? You know yeah, that behemoth is a character in Godzilla. No, right? no, no, it's <laughs> it's 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 because the the Hebrew's behemoth. What? Behemoth. Sure, yeah. Behemoth. Tomato, Behemoth. potato. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, so, Ken Ham is the <laughs> the head what? of a website called Answers in Genesis, which is uh, a leading scholar organization in something that nobody really cares about, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is Seventh-day Creationism. <laughs> I wrote a whole okay, paper on this hold on, literally hold on. yesterday. Let's not, let's not immediately get into no, this. This is now wanted, the Creation those Podcast. To the truth. Not just like, hey, if you believe this idea, nobody cares about you. No. Well, especially because a lot of those people. We're talking about. The you're talking about the majority of my family. By the, <laughs> by the time they figure it out, it will be old Earth. <laughs> yeah. To get specific, we're talking about how people interpret the beginning of Genesis and the creation. Account, That's a right? funny I can't joke. W- Isn't it good? Yeah. Oh man, Ken Ham specifically believes in a literal seven-day creation. See, okay, I can. I'm willing to just work with those people. 
The reason why I have an issue hey, with we Ken we Ham. Can't say, we can't say those, those people. Fine. <laughs> we'll be doing a creation podcast, I'm wait. sure. I'm very excited for it. I it's my favorite we thing. To, we, I, my issue with Ken Ham is he's divisive, which is actually what okay. kind of a little bit what we're yes, doing. Yes, and that's, doing that's the point. Not that he believes in seven-day creation. Because your belief on creation doesn't affect your justification. Not really. As we've talked about. So, Unless we love you, people. That- Humans were gods or something. Like I that. also don't think every doctrine is in Genesis. Okay. I mean, I guess it could be. Ooh, I don't it know. says ultimately has its roots. You mean in the oh. fact that it is the world that was created in Genesis, yeah, in you, which all these problems happen? If you make <laughs> your definition saying? so broad, you can't well, be wrong. I mean, every TV show is buying into Sony's TV selling plan. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. No, what it's I a bad analogy, but I guess so. <laughs> no, I mean like like to. Not to play, to play Ken's advocate. <laughs> not to, not to play the ham advocate here. I'm the ham. I'm the ham man this time. Yeah, they so, call me ham man. I mean, like you've got the you've got the entire like you've got an entire description of like the Jesus story in Joseph. You've got the the fall of man. So you've got sin. The the the. You've got the, the a doctrine for sin being laid out, and you've got a doctrine for justification being started. You've got um, sanctification and glorification that have been brought into the people, the kingdom. <laughs> um, you've got um, uh, God's the faithfulness through Abraham, as we talked about. Um, you've got Jesus, the sacrifice of an innocent um, mentioned. Yeah. You've got uh, doctrine of, uh, I mean, you've got some angels and demons in there. Do you get- Oh, it's oh, right. Yeah. Nephilim. Satan's. Wait, yeah. are we going to go through all of the, the theologies and try and find each one in Genesis? Because I'd love you that. You don't have ecclesiology. That'd be a lot of fun. Ooh. There's no church there. Don't just say Abraham. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that as it goes on, you see God building a people. <laughs> and you Not satisfied, you're wrong. Guys, and he <laughs> also pro- professes that there would be a community. The whole world would be blessed. He talks about the Israelites coming out I, of Genesis. Like, see, I know you're right. Like, but for he the doesn't say of, church. You're for the right. purpose of the podcast, you're wrong. I also <laughs> know that Stuart is not a big Ken Ham, Ken Ham fan. We've talked about it before. What? It's in some of our earlier podcasts that we will never release because. But we have to make sure that we're still like. I just <clears throat> I don't want to degrade to his level. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. So it seems like you did in the fact that you said <laughs> no, that. No, 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 no. I won't say he's not a Christian because of his belief in the yeah, in the creation <laughs> account. I don't think that his belief, his in, at least in my in opinion, his inaccurate belief in the creation account nullifies his salvation in Christ, which yeah. is something that he would yeah. say to me. Yeah. The, the <laughs> well, that's the thing. I I think the issue doesn't come into how you believe the world was created because either way, Jesus died and rose again. Yeah. Um, but when someone says you have to believe in literal seven days, which Ken Ham does, or you believe the opposite in an old earth, or else you're just you're you're not a Christian. That's a different issue. Well, yeah, and you're going right against you know Pauline stuff with like the whole hey don't. Don't cause divisions. Don't go yeah. after small things. These are nah. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> small potatoes. Yeah, I think he says that. Yeah, <laughs> it's lost in translation. <laughs> it's yeah. It's the Greek word for meh. <laughs> um, I like to talking with you guys about justification. Yeah, I'm yeah. very much looking forward to theories of atonement. Yeah, mm. we've got the next six podcasts lined up. 
Yeah, it's just good. within this. Yeah. <laughs> like if we don't follow the system, everyone's going to be very confused. Because after we follow the system, then we can talk about Genesis. Uh-oh. Mm. Wow. I just wrote a paper on this. <laughs> Here's yesterday. the problem. I have mm-hmm. to read at least three books before we do that. Is that because three is a reoccurring number? No, in the Bible? because I have two in mind and then one that I want to fulfill a role. I have to read at least three Ken Ham tweets uh, before I can. <laughs> he doesn't believe in Twitter. But now that Elon Musk what? bought it, maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe. that's very tough. So we dated this podcast. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Any, any we need including a, comments. We need a sign off or something. If anyone has any like catchphrases they've heard they've like hear repeated every single week well i mean we do have the catchphrase that's on our youtube the um you should say it block um meaningless jargon about meaningful things okay thanks for partaking thanks for partaking thank you for listening to this episode um i'm looking forward to actually our discussion next week and your i'm looking forward to probably your participation if you leave comments and yeah pass us around thanks for uh being here and see you later